Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's episode number 88 of the Audible Farm podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is roasted right here in Iowa. Every batch is made specifically for whoever orders it. So if you make an order, the roasters at Couchtown Coffee, uh, and by the roasters, I mean Andrew, will roast your coffee specifically for you and ship it to you. Uh, They're not roasting piles and piles of coffee and then just hoping that you get you know eventually order some no it's it's made to order so that's probably one of the coolest things about it you can get some of the freshest coffee and it's all right here in iowa go to couchtowncoffee.com find a coffee you like make an order and when you make an order couchtown will even give you 20 percent off just because you're listening to this podcast that's awesome. A local company giving you 20% off because you're listening to this podcast. Why? Because Andrew supports music and Couchtown Coffee is, uh, it's my favorite coffee, hands down. So if you want to make an order, you can save 20%. Just enter the code word CAPTAIN. This week, the code word is CAPTAIN. If you enter the code word CAPTAIN, you will save 20%. Let them know Audible Farm sent you. Make an order, enter the code word CAPTAIN, boom, 20% off. That's awesome. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Couchtown. Love it. Why is the code word CAPTAIN this week? Uh, the code word is CAPTAIN because I am sitting down with none other than Captain Midnight Guthrie. That's right. I've known Midnight for a long time. I've been going to wrestling shows. I've interacted with him uh, you know, in some form or another in different capacities. Uh, whether or not he's doing interviews, I see him before or after shows. Uh, I mean, there was even one occasion, I believe, where I entered a costume contest and he interviewed me. Um, I was dressed up as Bret Hart. Either way, long story short, I've I've known Captain Midnight for a while, and it's it's crazy because I've I've like I said, I'd known him as Midnight Guthrie, and recently he has had a little bit of a change of pace. As far as his character goes, he decided to become a professional wrestling manager instead of somebody that sits on the sidelines. And uh, since then, uh, his personality's changed quite a bit. He's become the captain, and it's pretty awesome. It's well worth a watch if anybody enjoys watching pro wrestling. Go find him at a show and check it out. Uh, give him some heck for me. This episode's great because we sit down. I talk with Midnight about uh, how he started watching wrestling. If anybody he was related to enjoyed it growing up. Um, how he kind of transformed from being Midnight into the captain. And it's, it, like I said, this is a great episode. Um, Midnight Guthrie stays in his wrestling persona uh, pretty much the entirety of this interview, which makes it that much more awesome. And I feel like this this is really great because you get a lot of factual things, plus you get some of the, the japes and jabs that you would normally get um, from professional wrestlers. They've, they've always seemed to... Uh, the managers, the anybody around all of the professional wrestling scene seems to have some sort of a quick wit that uh, it's it's weird. It's on the spot. They just go with it, and it it more often than not works out for most of them. And we talk about that, even like getting comfortable on a microphone or uh, being the center of attention and things like that. So there, I mean, there's a lot to learn in this one. Uh, you know, like I said, I talk with Midnight Guthrie, Captain Midnight Guthrie. Uh, we go through all sorts of different things in this. It's it's a laugh a minute. It's it's very informative. It's tons of fun. Uh, I had a great time sitting down with him. So I hope you guys all enjoy this one too. This is episode number eighty eight with Captain Midnight Guthrie. It's the Audible Farm Podcast with your host Peter Stockdale.
Today, I'm sitting down with uh, the man that I know as Midnight Guthrie, but... Yes, my, this is your captain speaking. Uh, I was going to say, you might be better known as Captain Midnight. Captain Midnight, yeah, that's that's what a lot of people know me as now, but you're right, you're right, Peter. It's great to be here on your Peter Stockdale Radio Hour, or Audible Farm, whatever you call it. So, <laughs> well, thanks, uh, thanks. But for- yeah, you, you've known me since uh, the Midnight Guthrie days for sure, and I still am the Doctor of Wrestling, Midnight Guthrie. I'm just also a captain, and among other things, I'm probably a, a minister. Uh, grievance counselor, <laughs> grievance officer, whatever you know, I do it all. I'm okay. a game show host. Yeah. So before long, it might be Captain Midnight Guthrie, Esquire. Yes. You doctor. never know. You never know. You never know. <laughs> so let me ask you this: What got you started on um, this journey of of you? getting into pro wrestling like did you did you originally want to get in there and start thumbing people in the eye like you're doing now as a manager not to say you're uh you know resorting to foul tactics or oh anything, I, I just i work within the rules that are available to me at any given time and if they need to be changed a little bit i change it around and, you know <laughs> and they're lucky i'm such an athlete they're lucky i haven't chosen to become a full-time wrestler yet but uh i've just found this is uh easier on the body standing outside the ring i say that i do take a lot of punishment that is for sure i find myself getting beat up a lot so. yes i've seen uh people with picking you up above their head multiple times yes. um and i'm ass- i'm assuming that it didn't end well for you well i mean uh maybe in front of the crowd but once we got backstage it didn't end well for the other people i'm sure so oh snap snap yeah so how did you get started in all this? I I know when I first met you, you were doing uh, ring announcing and color commentary or uh, yeah. doing some in-the-back interviews and things of that nature. Uh, yeah, correct. So like, how did you get involved into that? Well, let's see. I Well, I, I've known, I think, I got involved actually within uh, pro wrestling itself in uh, early 2008. A little bit in 2007, I was helping with some just different odd jobs at different events, uh, primarily the 3X wrestling events at that time. But then, uh, man, I can't remember a time in my life that I have not had pro wrestling. Like, I've been watching it since such a young age that I can't recall ever not watching wrestling or having it be a big uh, focus in my life. So I know, like, the first time I went to a live wrestling event, I was just over four years old, and I'd been watching it on TV before that. So. Whoa. Did your parents yeah. take you to that? Yeah, my mom took me. It was at Vets Auditorium Des Moines, and the main event of that show was uh, Randy Savage and Ted DiBiase. It was shortly after uh, WrestleMania Four. Oh, cool. Uh, and uh, I found uh, found the card recently, and that's how I know that's ex- the exact one I went to because it had Rick Rude and Jake Roberts. It had a lot of good names on that show. So. Oh wow, yeah, a lot of names. Yeah. You know, some of which have passed. Uh, which uh, oh yeah, I, I mean, unfortunately, I bet most of the card a good chunk of the card probably has. But, oh gosh, that's sad. Yeah. To, sad to think that you know it's it's yeah. crazy because you watch them on TV, like whether it's on WWE Network or any reruns or yeah. whatever you're watching, and it seems like they're not gone. No, no, and it's, you know, and I think I'm a hard partier, but I uh, those guys doing it full-time, uh, man, on the road as much as they were through the through the 80s and their pre-WWF days and all that, it was, they really were uh, living balls to the wall, that's for sure. So. Yeah, I couldn't imagine taking all the shots those guys took and then just, like, hopping in a car and driving to the next oh, town yeah. and doing it all yeah. over again every night. Yeah. 
Oof, that'd be rough. So you've liked yeah. this since a young age. Uh, I mean, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's been, and it's funny. Like um, in my life, like uh, I didn't have a bro- my brother wasn't into wrestling. My parents were nothing like that. The closest family relation that maybe would have been would have been like my great grandparents, and I never watched wrestling with them. So uh-huh. it just kind of independently came to me um, magically. Just one day, probably watching Saturday morning cartoons because when I was, uh, I'm 35 now. I'm not ashamed of my age. I look damn good. Uh, <laughs> when I was um, a, you know, a kid, Saturday mornings, they'd have, uh, at that time, it was on CBS, the block of Saturday morning cartoons, and it would lead into superstars. And Des Moines was started on uh, Channel 8 before migrating to Fox in the late 80s. So, but like, yeah, there was just a perfect block of you'd have your cartoons, and then it'd lead right into wrestling. So, uh, probably good marketing, as as most oh, wrestlers yeah, are good at that. Yeah, they were. I mean, mid '80s WWF. That's a big part of what they were trying to do is getting their t- local their TV on everyone's local TV right uh, early Saturday morning. So. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense because they had the Saturday night main event that that would air every now and then yes. as well. Yeah. To try yep. to track the late night watchers. I mean, that's that's really cool though. Family family uh, wrestling used to be a big family event. You know, your whole family would sit down around it. But it's I'm finding that there's a lot of wrestlers that you know, like you, uh, your family didn't necessarily all cower around the TV to watch Hulk Hogan no, do leg drops. Yeah. So yeah, I don't. You know, it's kind of crazy. Like, how do you think that this took off so well for you and not anybody else around you? Was it? Uh, did you have like any relatives at all, or any buddies at school that that kind of? No, you know, it's um, when I would talk about wrestling, my my relatives, uh, my aunts and uncles and grandparents, they would often talk about like Bulldog Bob Brown, and because they would they were familiar with some of the like Harley Race and the guys who did the Des Moines was the Central States Territory area and yep. through. 70s into the 80s and up uh, up until like 88 89 they were still doing regular shows in des moines it's just it's at that point um central states has really really died out so i wasn't even familiar with it at that time and i know they had they had some local tv but i didn't come across that very often like not not to like knowing like i was four so i knew when the wwf show was on every saturday but mm-hmm. I, I couldn't find the other wrestling yeah but, uh but no, my like my parents are always supportive of my interest in it. My my dad never quite understood it, but my mom was always super supportive. Oh, good. Uh, and they, I had all sorts of the action figures and, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, my um, as a kid, my sandbox in my backyard, they had actually put up some wood posts and some rope, and I had a, a like a wrestling ring sandbox as a kid. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah. Dude. That's super cool. So, like to have your family jump in like that and help you out. Uh, yeah, so I was I was doing all sorts of crazy stunts in there uh, before backyard wrestling was really a thing. But like most of my friends weren't even really into it, so it was kind of I would do it on my own. I would even have like I'd have wrestling matches by myself where I would deliver a move and then take the move. Oh yeah, you play both parts of it. Yeah, oh, dude. yeah. So. You that's awesome. Like I Yeah, I did a lot of that. You dude, you're tapping into so much of like I feel like there's so many wrestling people that uh did the whole make believe thing when they were growing up and and did oh, yeah. a lot of what you're talking about like yeah. 
whether or not they're wrestling an imaginary person or wrestling like a body pillow or like even one yep. of those little like foot tall Hulk Hogan figures that everybody had sure. the little plushies. Yeah, I had a I had the wrestling buddies, and then as I got a little bigger, um, my mom had even taken uh, specifically a million dollar man one and had just like stuffed it full into. Uh, like an old sweatshirt and sweatpants and like stitched all that together. So it was even bigger. <laughs> oh, dude, that's yeah. genius. Dude, yeah. That, that's super cool to have like parents that are that supportive is probably one of the things yeah. that helped launch you into this. Sure. I and mean, yeah, like I, t- I talked to a lot of the people in it now and they have similar stories of like doing their own little booking of, of their their action figures and stuff like that. And it's funny, a lot of the stuff like people came up with as kids, they, they really do put into uh, realization as they get to be adults. So yeah, believe it or not. I mean, I did the same, same thing. I had the action figures growing up and I did the whole like uh, fake wrestling, you know, a lot of, yeah. a lot of what I would do is like probably what everyone else would do. Just do it on your bed and hope you don't break your bed. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. You know, yeah. then you could do all the flips you want or you find a buddy with a trampoline. And then before you know it, it's oh. like, now I can drop off the top rope and do elbows and stuff, you know? Yeah, the trampoline was the ultimate goal, and that is one thing my parents did not go for, and I think for good reason, because we, uh, we where we live, we had some barns and stuff, and I very I definitely would have moved it and jumped off the barns. So. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> no doubt mind, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I I've I can say I'm guilty of having done that a time or two, um, but like you, my parents were like, "No, we're not we're not doing the trampoline thing. That's too much of a liability." <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, like I I grew up and I had some friends that liked pro wrestling, so at least I got to watch some pro wrestling and stuff like that. But I really didn't get super hooked in until about the Attitude Era. Um, uh-huh. How did your transition go from watching the late '80s Hulk Hogan era into the Attitude Era, which was I mean, that's the Stone Cold and the beginning of The Rock and, yep. and DX and but that thing. It's easy to transition when you just never stop watching it. So it's just like <laughs> I always watched it right along. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, you could tell things were changing for sure. But about the time of the Attitude Era is when um, we, we got a satellite dish when I was in uh, sixth grade, I want to say. So then I was able to more regularly watch wcw yeah uh, my, my grandparents had lived about 20 minutes away and i'd gotten to the point where like most mondays i was uh going down to their house just to be able to watch nitro and raw at the same time mm-hmm. this, this would have been 90 late 96 early 97 yep uh so once i had a satellite dish i started watching um uh all the all the WCW shows, all the WWF shows, and I even found on um, um, uh, it was Galavision at that time. I don't know if they still showed. They had some. Uh, they showed both CMLL and AAA Lucha Libre. Oh, cool! So, yeah, for a while there, they had that on Monday nights before the American shows, and so you could watch like four hours of, of wrestling, basically. So, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, um, it's the parallel here is crazy. I didn't have cable, so if I wanted to watch wrestling, I had to go down to my grandparents' house. Yeah, so that's what I would do a lot of Monday nights. And uh, on the off chance I couldn't go down there, what I did was I I had given my grandpa a giant stack of blank VHS tapes, and I said, if I can't make <laughs> it down here, I want you to tape Raw for me. And he would he would do it. He'd sit down and he'd tape Raw, and then bring it to me the next day and be like, yeah. hey, now you can watch it. So I would always be on like a one day delay from watching Raw from everyone yeah. else. 
But uh, yeah, I remember flipping between uh, Nitro and Raw, which was the WCW and the WWF programs at the time. And yes. they were competing a lot. And I even recall a few times like, I want to watch this match between these people. And then you're like, oh, this match kind of stinks. Flip back to the other one. You flip back to the other yep. one. You're like, something happened and I missed it. And you, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, not everybody got to have picture in picture and, and multiple, no, multiple yeah, TVs never, yeah. and... I mean, nowadays that's you could pull that off pretty easy. Two TVs in one room doesn't seem like yeah. an overstatement anymore. No, <laughs> it's crazy now that they have, um, you know, the WWE Network. They have all those shows up in their archive, so you go back and watch some of it, and you realize there's stuff on there you hadn't actually seen before because you'd been watching the other channel whenever mm-hmm. something's happening. So, yeah, I also yeah. like uh, watching the old stuff. I, I remember watching like back in the '90s. And I'm, I'm pretty close to your age. I'm only a few years younger. But uh, so like when I would watch the stuff in the 90s, I would laugh and get, you know, get my kicks off of whatever was going on. But I'm only like 10 to maybe like 13 or 14 at the oldest. And so when yeah. I go back and watch it when I'm like about 30, I'm like, oh, there's a bunch of stuff going on here that was probably too, you know, taboo for me to be watching. Oh, or, sure. yeah. I can't believe they got away with doing this on TV, but. A lot of people yeah. also forget, like, the late 90s were a weird time where... They were. Like, everyone's Y2K was kind of happening, and everyone was kind of just on edge and doing whatever they wanted. You, I mean... You go back to... You watch um, even, like, comedy movies from the late 90s and early 2000s, and there's some stuff that just honestly doesn't hold up too well yes. to, like, modern... Uh, like, it's funny. I would say people are more... Oh, progressive-minded and and open to a wide variety of certain things, but like, man, some of those early two thousands, like the homophobic humor was just running rampant, and it just doesn't age very well. So no, and that's the thing though. Yeah. Like, I I think about so much of that though. Like, there's so much of wrestling has aged so well, and there's also some of it that didn't age well. Even if yeah. even if we don't think about it, like. Um, I used to always just be like, dude, Attitude Era was probably one of the best times in wrestling. And then somebody said to me once, like, if you go back and watch the actual wrestling, it wasn't really that good. Uh, the no. sto- the storylines were actually what pulled everything through. And those, yep. like you said, don't really hold up uh, very well. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's nothing against the people wrestling in the 90s because that's what definitely what got me hooked. But it, I guess I didn't realize at the time it was so storyline driven and not so much based around the wrestling. Yeah. I mean, that might have been actually one of the benefits of you watching uh, uh, AAA and CMLL was the whole fact that you could watch wrestling that you might not have had a storyline attached to it. Oh, yeah. I And at the time, and even to this now, like, there's a lot of, I mean, that's all, Lucha Libre style wrestling is a whole different ball game, and there's different rules and things like that, so... So that was more, a lot of that was just like, I grew up a kid that was really into, um, you could go to the grocery store and there'd be five or six different wrestling magazines, like the after mags yeah. uh, for like Pro Wrestling Illustrated, Inside Wrestling, The Wrestler, and and a number of those. And like, so I, I would read up on all these different international wrestlers and things like that, that I, I never actually watched, but I was familiar with them just from reading about them. And then, and then it was about like middle school. I started to get to where I would actually um, order different tapes from places and things like that. So, yeah, you I, know, there's there's that threshold when kids are about ten that they either drop off watching wrestling altogether, or there's like 
the other 5% that get way more into it. And I definitely was in that, <laughs> yeah. in that category. Dude, I still remember buying my very first PWI 500. Um, yeah, yeah. The yeah very, that was always a big deal for me. So Yeah, I mean, I remember uh, it would probably would have been 98, 97, or 98 it was. And I even bought the Almanac that year, which was, uh-huh. those used to be the greatest thing ever. You'd be like, yeah, yeah, but... I'm looking at my. I have a bookshelf here in my office with all my wrestling books. I, I I've got those right here on my bookshelf. So nice. Yeah, I used to yeah. plow through those and highlight oh, things yeah. and and dog ear pages and oh gosh. I mean, I used to just read stuff in there because they would have like, well, this happened, but there was a stipulation that made it happen, and you're like, yeah. oh, I wished I would have seen this stipulation play out, you know, or. You watch, uh, it was always wrestler A defeats wrestler B, and then it was wrestler C defeats wrestler B, and then you'd go down the thing like that, and every now and then you'd see a hang-up where it's like, well, neither one of the last two guys that wrestled for the title wrestled the next person, so yeah. what happened here? And it's like, <laughs> somebody relinquished the title, so you end up with something where it's like, I, oh, I wished I would have seen how this all happened or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so many of those when I was growing up would have been... Um, through the '90s, it would have been Shawn Michaels, not to point fingers, but yeah, <laughs> he, he was he was classic at uh, winning yeah. a title and then just being like, "I'm sad" and walking away. Um, <laughs> I mean, like I said, nothing against him. Probably my favorite wrestler to watch growing up was Shawn Michaels, but honestly, like he did a lot of that. So I don't know. That's that's neither here nor there. How did you uh, first get involved in wrestling on an independent level? I'm assuming. I'm assuming you didn't just like run in there as a fan and be like, I want to do this, but maybe you did. Not, well, not to that, not to maybe that level, but so, um, I was aware of independent wrestling, but I had, I did not go to my first indie event until I was 20 when three X wrestling had their first show in Des Moines. Um, and up until that point, the only other indie stuff really going on in Iowa, the impact pro wrestling had some stuff going on, but I, I just hadn't ventured out to – I just honestly wasn't as familiar. Like they were running in this little town called Delta, which was in southeast Iowa, and they'd done a lot of stuff down there. But uh, once it hit Des Moines is when I was able to kind of go and, and check it out. And from the get-go, like after the first show, I went to the second one. I might have contacted like Todd Countryman right after that and said, hey, like – I'm a college student in the area. I'd love to help out however I can. And then I started doing all sorts of either like the merch table or helping run sound or all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, and then eventually that led into doing the the uh, interviews on camera and, and things of that sort. So, And that led to commentary. And then I've done it all at this point, refereeing, ring announcing. I've wrestled a little bit. Um, uh, pretty much every job there is to do – with wrestling for sure so well uh what do you think your favorite thing to do is then i'm assuming wrestling and getting beat up probably might not be your favorite part about all this. i actually I, you know not to, i mean i beat everyone up myself but <laughs> no, i actually uh i enjoy the physical aspects but i would say like the the stuff i'm doing more as the manager uh i'm really really enjoying being able to uh have a more performance based in front of the crowd that's one, I can have a little bit of attitude with it. Like I have a lot of experience ring announcing and I've done that on a variety of TV shows and things like that. But, uh, you know, I, I'm always the rah, rah, good guy type when I do that for the most part. And then, uh, you know, the captain, 
He's a little more underhanded about things. So yeah, I will have to say I, I remember the first time I saw you uh, as the captain, and I, I was like, oh, you know, Midnight Guthrie's here, and then I'm like, oh, Midnight Guthrie's mean to everyone. And it's like I'm Captain yeah, Midnight. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty dramatic change. <laughs> yeah, <from laughs> I mean, not that you're not a nice guy, but you're just nice in a different way when you're captain. Well, Midnight, that's that's say. a good way to put it, Peter. It really is. You know, I would agree. <laughs> so, oh man, I, and that's probably one of my favorite things about going to shows. I would definitely have to say is seeing everybody's uh, the whole entire scope of somebody's personality. Where like I like I said, I met you as Midnight Guthrie. Uh, ring announcer and color commentator guy and you were always uh-huh. super super nice to me i took a few years off and uh you're you transformed into this um you became a manager pretty much and it yeah. was it it you took on this own your own persona you kind of changed the way you were doing things and now you're traveling the midwest managing yeah how many wrestlers do you manage uh, my, my yacht club that's my 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 stable of wrestlers uh, uh there's me and then the there's nine wrestlers and then I'm the captain. So there's, you know, it's a large group and it's growing. It's just, I constantly grow it as long as the people are good enough and they help me get booked other places. But, uh, I got, I got all the top quality athletes you can find anywhere. I got all sorts of, all sorts of crazy cats. I got a serial killer, all sorts of things. Yeah. Nice. I mean, that's probably also gotta be the coolest part is being able to travel uh, extensively within the Midwest and finding all these fun people that you get to uh, maybe offer your services to as a manager. And, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm very fortunate that I've had a lot of great opportunities um, to work with a lot of really, really impressive talent. Uh, even as a ring announcer in my time with, I was with the NWL, which was a big, TV-based wrestling show for a long time out of Kansas City and Metro Pro Wrestling. And so I've got to work with a lot of really talented people through that. So so I'm very fortunate for all that. Uh, like one of the coolest things I would have to say was like when I first started getting into the independent wrestling scene, I'd see you at 3X. I'd see you at uh, Impact Pro Wrestling. Yeah. And then uh, I went down, started going down to Kansas City to the Metro Pro shows down there. And I'd see you down there, and I was like, "Oh, dude, this this Midnight Guthrie guy's—he's got it on lockdown, you know." And it's yeah, yeah, no, I'm uh, people, you know, people like me, uh, people like Midnight, people like the Captain, and I'm one of the rare people that uh, basically every independent group in Iowa, save for for maybe one, I do regular work for, and and uh, you know, a lot of them use uh, kind of the same core group of guys, but they don't work a lot of other places. But you know, talent. Talent just trumps sometimes, you know, man. So you, you, you know, they all want a piece of the captains. <laughs> oh gosh, and that's like, how did you end up becoming the captain? I gotta ask you that. Did you um, start like, you know, living on a boat? Like, wh- how does this all happen? Did you well, did you, you try know, on I, your first romper and then it was just magic after that, or how we how I, we doing this? No, I was born born into a wealthy, independently wealthy family. As you would, and you know, I've always I've lived in the suburbs. I live in beautiful three hundred thirty thousand dollar home in Waukee, and I've had a yacht on Sailorville Lake for some time. It's oh. just you know, I I wasn't gloating about it until then. People started to uh, not understand and and respect my abilities and what I bring to the table, and so I had to show them what's up. Oh, uh, so so nice. that's how I became the captain, you know. And uh, I've really taken to wearing. Uh, 
I've always had a sea captain's hat, but uh, I've really taken it to wearing it about 24-7 these days. I take it off whenever, you know, I was busy over Mother's Day. You, you think Santa Claus is busy on Christmas. The captain <laughs> is like Santa on Mother's Day. I take my hat off for some of the mothers and grandmothers I meet up with, but man, uh, I'm just recovering today. Oh, geez, that's uh... a... The Tuesday after Mother's Day, if anyone's wondering, yeah. Oh, man. Well, uh... Thank your mom again for me, too, Peter. She was great. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I'll be sure to send you some Gatorade there, buddy. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you. See, that's outstanding. Absolutely. I want to say, like, the romper. I've seen you sporting a romper as of late. Do you even have, like, a sponsorship with a romper company? Yeah, Zesty's Men's Rompers. Uh, I've got about 13 of them now. Uh, They make men's rompers and other, uh, like... Oh, festive shirts for, uh, you know, your um, tropical needs, and I highly recommend them. They're very breathable. You can do a lot of a- actual athletic athleisure uh, for sure. Athleisure, athleisure. Yes. I like it. Yeah. So, uh, I yeah, I highly recommend if you want to check them out. It's uh, zestyzinc.com. You just promo code MIDNIGHT10. You let them know the captain sent you. They're big fans of the captain. They They've changed out some of their modeling photos on there to a picture of me. And, oh, uh, oh there, no way. There's about three or four photos of the captain as the, the model for different uh, particular rompers. So. so we can add model to the long list of things. That oh, we yeah. Do. Absolutely. Oh, gosh, this is awesome. This is, gl- yeah. this is gold money. I'm going to yeah. track that down and find it. Um, yeah, check them out. Yeah. So uh, the easiest way to like, let's just plug it right now. You're on Facebook. It's at oh Midnight Guthrie on Facebook. Yeah, at, it's uh, at Midnight Guthrie on your Instagram, your uh, Facebook, your Twitter, your Snapchat. If anyone's interested in that, Ooh. Uh, Venmo. You can send me money if you just like to. If you would just like to. Um, and YouTube, I'm, I've got a ton of stuff on YouTube going on. So yeah, a very active channel. I've just started a new program, the Midnight Guthrie Show, which is an hour-long program with clips of, of me throughout my career, as well as classic wrestling clips I enjoy. So you'll all have to check that out, too. So I actually just discovered your YouTube channel the other day, and I am stoked. Yeah. I just subscribed today. Oh, and man. I'm yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, there's all sorts of stuff, Peter. Yeah, you're going to dig it. So uh, Yeah, I mean, that's... That's probably one of my favorite things is the fact that uh, some people around the area are finally starting to see how YouTube can help them out, and you've easily been one of those. You've been posting stuff oh, yeah, very consistently a, on there. Yeah, yeah. I've had a channel for about seven, eight years now, and I know it's um, just over time. It's over. It's it's in the six digits for view count for sure. So I'm trying to push it up past a million here eventually, but. Yeah, I got a lot of subscribers on there, and uh, it's going pretty well. So I, I got a lot of uh, a lot of people want a piece of the captain. You can get a lot of the captain on there, all sorts of promos and and wrestling match videos, com- wrestling me doing commentary, ring announcing, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, that's really cool, man. I uh, I appreciate you at least putting out all this content. You seem to be one of the people in the pro wrestling scene that's doing some of the best at putting out uh, reg- oh, regular content. That, yeah. Not, yeah, not, no, not that I'm pressuring any other people in the indie pro wrestling scene well, to put out know, more content. Yeah, no, but. you're not, but they should. It's uh, Especially right now, a lot of us have a little extra time on our hands. So so I'm doing that, and really even in quarantine, I'm working. Um, there's a group, St. Louis Anarchy, I've started working with uh, that I hadn't actually ever done any shows with before, but I host. they have a game show they do weekly now, and I host their game show every week. 
that's Monday nights on their YouTube, so check that out. Uh, so, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm trying to stay as busy as possible without ever even getting in the wrestling ring right now. So I think you're doing a damn fine job of it. And that's, uh, well, I appreciate that. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I do have to ask you this. How, how far do you see yourself going in pro wrestling? Cause like I said, about five years ago, I quit watching as much independent wrestling and you have been very busy in those last five years. So like, how far do you see yourself taking all this? Do you see yeah, yourself no- maybe one day stepping into the ring? Oh, I don't know. Well, maybe, I don't know. I, I've, I've battled occasionally in the rings of very mixed results. I will say that. So I've, uh, uh, Captain Midnight has not fared terribly well inside, but there's always been some shenanigans by you know the James Jeffries of the world and Ooh. things like that. Ooh. I was in a you got I, I got thrown in a battle once against uh, two two very talented women's wrestlers, Karanoi and Vanessa Sure, and they 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 beat me up like a pinball. Oh jeez, uh, things happen. Uh, but, uh, I have done some battle royals in my day under a mask as well. I'm not going to give away my my. Uh, Oh, my uh, cool. non-declare, but I've been uh, I've been uh, patriotic and successful in my battle royal endeavors too. So. Oh, that's really cool. I guess I never even yeah. thought about that. You could pop on a mask when no one's looking and hop out there yeah. and uh, yeah. kind of sneak your way into a match. That's smart. That's so smart. I would have never thought of that. A, little, a lot of sneakiness with the captain. That's for sure. So I think some of that. No, I don't know if I, I don't think I would ever necessarily wrestle full time. But man, there's some matches where. Uh, we get to back to the locker room and I realize I've actually taken more falls than the person I was managing. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, at least yeah. you're an involved manager at that rate. You know, you're not oh, you gotta to... be. You gotta sacrifice to make money, Peter. That's what this world's about. You gotta <laughs> sacrifice your body. <laughs> well, at least you're not doing the Mr. Fuji thing where you're just waving a flag and, a, and occasionally throwing salt no. around. No, no. Uh, the salt to the eyes, though. That's, that's, a, that's a good one. <laughs> I, I've uh, 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 one take I've done on that the two various levels of effect, mostly effective. Sometimes it backfires. Is uh, I take a big swig of wine cooler and then spit it out of my mouth into the opposition's eyes. Oh, so, wine cooler! That's, yeah, that's pretty dastardly. Yeah, it's it's very sticky and it stings. Yes. Oh my gosh, the stick for sure. Oh man, I. You know, I, I want to ask you, how did you figure out how to do some of these um, slightly underhanded, I want to say underhanded, but how did you figure out how to bend the rules to your favor when you needed to? Because I feel like maybe it's maybe you just saw so much of it being an announcer and commentator and a ringside person and a referee, uh, but... You know, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. How did you? How did you start to figure out what you could, what you could pull off, and what you couldn't, as far as being in the ring or outside the ring? Well, as with any licensed trade, you kind of find figure some stuff out through time and on the go, and just spending time in locker rooms. But yeah, no, it's just kind of uh, a lot of trial by error, kind of knowing. Uh, you grow up watching wrestling, and a lot of stuff kind of naturally comes to you. But the mechanics can be taught to you, and I, luckily I've got a lot of great people that have surrounded myself with that have taught me a lot of good tricks and bad. So ah, so I'm I'm assuming I'm just going to assume that uh, T.S. Aggress- T.S. Aggressor Travis Shillington probably wasn't uh, training you how to do this at the IPW vault then. Well, not necessarily, but I mean, he that's that guy is as bad as they come. He he's he can be he's a he's popular and he was dastardly, and he's he's taught me a lot. 
Uh, Gage Octane, Devin Carr, they taught Ooh, me a lot of Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, and then, uh, I forgot how much time you spent around those guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jeremy Wyatt, I've been friends with him for a long time. He's been a good mentor. I uh, uh, stay in regular touch still with Adam Pierce since oh, nice. and that goes back to when he was working the Indies, and now he's producing uh, most of your WWE programming you watch on Monday or Friday night. So Yeah, I mean, that's probably one of my favorite things uh, as far as going to independent shows and and realizing that like you don't exactly know where people are going to be a year from now, two years from now, five, yeah. five years from now. You don't know. Yeah, it's pretty mind-blowing. And uh, a lot of the shows I do now, uh, fortunately, are on a service called independentwrestling.tv. It's a streaming service that focuses on indie wrestling. they got hours upon hours of content. Uh, but they've been doing something in May where they've been showing uh, all sorts of older indie wrestling tournaments from all sorts of places. And, man, it's like... Some of these, like the entirety of the tournaments, people that are now on national TV all the time. So, oh yeah, I mean, yeah. some of those old like uh, Super Eight tournaments from back yep. in the day, maybe or yeah, a lot of the a lot of the IWA Mid South tournaments and stuff like that. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And that's another cool thing. I feel like there are a lot of wrestling personalities that um, during this time have done a pretty good job of of sharing videos that. That either they like or you can tell have influenced him or or videos from their past where it's like uh what was a good one uh ricky cruz showing videos of him wrestling uh down in puerto rico recently yes yep. sharing some of those and i was like dude i didn't realize how uh relevant you were down in puerto rico to say the very like that's understating it to say the yeah. least yeah there's a lot of guys who have uh it's fun, interesting that are really big deals in many places, just not as much in their home area. So, like, it's it's interesting how that works. You know, it's just a matter of some promoters view you differently than other people, and uh, and sometimes it happens uh, when you go somewhere with people that haven't necessarily been the ones you've come up and training with and stuff like that. So, yeah, but I'm sure there's a little bit of that. Um, I wouldn't really necessarily call it favoritism, but some of it might just be they might not know what to do with you yeah yeah exactly you know, i mean so. for example like, good, go for it well that's a good part about traveling around you go different places and different promoters view you differently and you end up getting different opportunities so yeah i'm, I'm sure it's kind of nice i mean I, not that this would happen to you but i'm sure it happens generally speaking to uh wrestlers or uh people in the professional wrestling community where they like want to go to a certain promotion to wrestle there. And, and, you know, you're not a wrestler. So maybe they might be like, well, we could team this guy up with him, but I don't know if their styles will mesh well. So they might, if you want to come in and try and manage somebody up there, that might be more up to you um, on your side to try and work your way in there from a, a back angle, as opposed to just hitting up the promoter and being like, Hey, book me on a show, you know, pair me up with some yeah. random guy and let's see how it works. Well, that's, it's interesting, you know, uh, you can you can have all the footage in the world and send it to all the promoters and hope they watch it, but like to this day, very much today, like the absolute best way to work your way onto a wrestling show is you show up a bunch of times just to help set up and do things like that, and then eventually you just kind of work your way uh, across their radar to where they end up using you. So like even even today, like I I mean as great as I am, I find myself doing that in a lot of places that I want to consider like goals for where i want to work is i end up just going and helping out uh maybe a couple times they don't necessarily use me on the show and then eventually uh they do so 
Oh, that's awesome. You know, you kind of just... Not I'm sure you dealt with that with music for many years as well, so... Uh, yeah, honestly, that that is very much like music. If you go to a, if you go to a show, someone's like, I've seen this guy at a handful of shows, and they're like, oh, you do this thing? Why don't you hop up here and try this thing out then? And they let yeah. you let you get in there and show off your goods, which is kind of cool. You know, it's it's kind of neat that there's a, there's a parallel in that. Um, I mean, even in the wrestling community as a fan... Uh, you know, I was I went to so many shows, and I even uh, a handful of times helped out with uh, tear down of the ring and things like that. Just because yep. just I was around, but it was, you know, it was a nice way to to kind of get involved and get to know a few of you guys uh, better. Oh, yeah. Than just having you yell at me while I'm sitting at ringside, you know. Yeah, exactly, absolutely. So you know, it's it's people, kind of, go for it. It's funny people always ask me how you get involved with wrestling, and I always tell them, well, you know, it helps if you have a skill that's not wrestling, if it's something as far as something creative or photography or graphic design, things like that. And then if you're willing to like do a lot of unpaid work at crazy hours of the day, and if you're willing to help set up at events and things like that, you're way further ahead than everybody because yeah, you don't get into wrestling to make big money. That is for sure. So yeah, I mean, probably not until you're at, at your level, maybe. Oh yeah. Even, even still, you know, I'm as wealthy as I am. Uh, you gotta have a you gotta have a pretty good full time gig to help pay the wrestling gig off. There so. you go. Well, there that's words of yeah. wisdom from Captain Midnight for sure, right yep. there. I I cannot say uh, I I will say a hundred percent. I agree, and I will not argue that point at all. That goes for almost any uh, profession you want to seek. Yeah. Uh, that's that's outside of your yeah. you know normal really, nine to five wheelhouse. It's it's really the timing of everything that's happened is crazy because there was more more people than ever that were starting to do independent wrestling as like a full time gig, uh, and then like man, indie wrestling's just completely been shut down through all the coronavirus stuff right now. So yeah, uh, so and, and that's understandable. It's just amazing how quick some of that changed, especially like I was supposed to go down to Florida and be part of a couple indie shows during WrestleMania weekend, and then. Uh, I know many of my friends that are trying to do this full time had like 12 different things lined up and that was going to be a huge financial boost for them. And then it all just got completely shut down. So, yeah, that's got to be rough, especially the WrestleMania weekend is always a huge weekend for the indie companies. Yeah, that kind of got tanked this this year. Oh, Um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I was pretty excited to go down. So, um so I still have my uh, my plane ticket was a deal where I can use it still anytime during the year. So I think I'm going to try to still get out to some shows or shows I've I've not done before. So that's a goal. So. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. So all is not lost here. Well, hopefully not. Yeah. No. So. I mean, that's also some of the the beauty of this is like even though uh, that happened and you couldn't travel, you've still had the ability to do things from your home uh, as Captain Midnight, whether it be, you know. Oh, yeah. You never you just can't stop the captain. I mean, even <laughs> if I'm just in my basement, in my office, in my yard, any of that, I'm, I'm still creating. There's still Captain Magic happening all the time. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. My, man. I've got a, a five year old and a two year old and uh, the two year old loves it when I put my captain's hat on and the five year old thinks it's kind of silly. So. <laughs> oh well, yeah. Split the difference, you know. There, yeah, just right down uh, the middle. So, yeah, so they they understand when uh 
they they you know they don't know how how unusual it is to see your father on TV when it just happens your whole life, you know. So. Ah, yeah. I guess I never thought about that. To everyone yeah. else, it might be kind of weird if I just showed up on TV and I had kids, and they'd be like, "What is this guy doing on TV?" But you know, you've had kids, and they've your whole life, their whole lives, you've been on TV. So, yeah, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. I I I do have to ask. Um, uh-huh. um, I had a I had a question here. I forgot where I was going to go with this. Um, Ah, man, derailed myself here with this. Uh, the Captain Midnight thing is probably one of my favorite things I've seen recently. Like, I don't know what it is. It's very captivating to watch you be Captain Midnight inside the ring, outside the ring, before a match, during a match, after a match, watching it online. It's it's a very fun character. You've always been very good at uh, speaking with people, whether it be... Um, uh, on the microphone to an audience that will be watching wrestling uh, either on TV or on a DVD or some format like that, or uh-huh. or whether or not you're uh, in the ring doing the announcing or uh, yelling at people at ringside. Did you take any classes to get this good at speaking? Were you like, did you go into anything like this, uh, some sort of not, speech type stuff or anything? Not necessarily speech. Um, in college, I, I was a journalism major, but that was more like cool. print-based journalism. Yeah. Um, uh, but now, no, it's just a lot of, you know, uh, really that's another thing that comes, you watch wrestling for years and then you just, you get, you just be like, I love, I feel in charge and I feel powerful when I have a microphone. I love having a microphone. Some people can't stand it. I, I relish the opportunity. And it's one of those things that you're just constantly, even when you're alone, if you're in the car, you can constantly do wrestling interviews to yourself. You can constantly work on it. And I tell people all the time, if you want to get better at it, you just, you just talk, you know? So, you know, and I, I'm not going to say I haven't always had some gift of gab and some good sense of humor because I have, but it's, uh, just over time, you, you, you fully commit yourself to being, uh, a captain midnight in this case. And then from the moment the doors open to the moment, the last fan leaves you you stay in that mode that's that's my big thing is you're going to get the same guy when you talk to me at the merch table yeah. as you do at side as anywhere else so it's uh it just you don't deviate from that so that is probably one of the coolest things seeing you at the merch table at a recent impact show i mean i say recent it's been a few months now but uh, i saw you at a, a you you have the ability to still be captain midnight and maybe not be um, as abrasive directly towards the fan. I don't know how you do it. It's it's amazing, you know. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of little dweebs out there. These kids don't really take to me. Their mothers love me. Their dads uh, are intimidated. They've known they've lost. Uh, 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 but you know, then they they still want to buy my merchandise. I sell my merchandise, but you know, I I'm certainly not going to become their friend all of a sudden because they're wearing a hat that kind of looks like mine, but is not the same as mine. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure their hat is probably lesser quality. Um, I pre- oh, it is. I can tell you that right now. I <laughs> ordered the hat, so uh, I appreciate the business. I really do. I want all the business. It's just you know, uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna change my values for the people here Ooh, yeah that's smart that's very smart i i I still think it's crazy like i i it has to do something obviously you said it you have like a little bit of the gift of gab but some of it has to come down to practice like uh an example i could give would be if you listen i mean i'm no i'm never short of anything to say i always like saying things 
But uh, if you listen to some of my first podcasts, they were pretty horrendous because I'm just kind of, uh, you know, you get in front of the mic and you freeze up. But after a while, you just get used to it. I, I, I'm assuming that, uh, you know, starting out behind a microphone kind of helped you out when it came time to actually being the focus point with you and a microphone in your hand. Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. You know, like, yeah, it's the same. I mean, on my YouTube channel, I still have all this stuff from way back in my early, early days before I had a beard or anything else uh, where I'm just interviewing wrestlers. And it's, I mean, a lot of it's pretty rough, Uh, but you know, that, and then uh, I've done commentary for many years and that really helped out just having a knowledge of wrestling and an understanding of what, what the end goal is here with your wrestling interview. What, what you're always, the whole point of a wrestling interview is to promote whatever's coming up next. So you got to stay on that mm-hmm. and build up your, your clients. Or, uh, if you're interviewing someone for a show, doing things to help them, uh, get one over on you or anybody else. So it's, uh, it's just a matter of, yeah, just there's uh, literally as you just practice a whole bunch and get used to being that person, uh, uh, at the flip of a switch all the time. That's that's the big part of it. Is some people struggle just to become the, their wrestling self on a moment's notice, and you, you know, like I, uh, I literally like if there was a wrestling show that popped up uh, anywhere in five minutes, I've got everything in my car already ready to go. I'm I'm ready, baby. That's brilliant. That's actually, yeah. believe it or not, that was one of the things I took from um, the wrestling community was to always be prepared always have your gear in a bag and ready yep. to go and yep. i mean it's dumb as it sounds like i'm i'm never more than five minutes away from i'm not a wrestler i'm not uh, so yep. much of a performer or anything but i've always got a bag with with some stuff in it to take with me it's like my own little bug out bag kind of like you guys um <laughs> but not not quite obviously but it's it's still the same thing i always wanted to be prepared for anything so it's like it's an odd thing that I took away from you guys uh, as as wrestlers that I I feel like translated into my everyday life, which is weird because I feel like there's a lot of that that goes on in wrestling. Ironically, yes, yeah, for sure. So um, it's it's crucial. You always have to have your stuff with you, um, and a lot of you know a lot of a lot of what I wear in everyday life actually blends with. Uh, my, my clothing choices as a captain, not necessarily the rompers, but I have, a, so I wear a lot of slacks and button up shirts and they're usually colorful and things like that. So, um, you know, you, you, you get to a point in life where you're so entrenched with, uh, what you're trying to do as a wrestler or a wrestling personality that, uh, you can be that person, uh, whenever it possibly strikes, especially like now, if I ever have an idea to film something i've got my phone camera ready to go and then i can just film it right then so yeah i regularly will like if i see something i'll just stop the car and start filming myself talking so it's brilliant yeah it's smart it's a it's a good idea i feel like that has a little bit of an overlap when i talked to todd countryman of 3x wrestling that was something he was saying was you know, there's you just got to have content, and you got to keep making content, whether or not it's yeah. on your Instagram or your Facebook or your Twitter, or you've got to be identifiable, and you've always got to be willing to make more content and posting things, and, and that's something you've always, always, always been able to do. I remember when I first started watching the independent pro wrestling scene, your Twitter account was one of the first ones I I tagged onto a lot, where you know you would always post. Uh, events coming up and retweeting them and and yep. 
interacting with other wrestlers and things like that. And it, it really got me involved in, uh, you know, who to tweet and what to tweet. And then I started tweeting a whole bunch at wrestling shows, which was, I, I you know, that was how you were talking about making yourself useful at a wrestling show. And that's what I did was I, you know, I'd, I'd go to wrestling shows, I'd tweet out the events, I'd tweet out who won and lost, I'd tag everybody, I'd throw hashtags in it. You get all the retweets, everybody notices, everybody likes yeah. it. You it's know. all very much appreciated by the wrestlers too. So, oh uh, yeah. yeah, I try. I try to make sure I put stuff up uh, every day in some capacity. Uh, for a while, when I was really on a roll this year, I was trying to do a promo, a new promo every day, and then all of a sudden, uh, everything shut down. That you would have to do a promo and promote. <laughs> so, I'm kind of taking a different approach with that. I'm doing more of my weekly show now, but I'm still still filming promos and things like that just not uh, uh daily promos so to speak so yeah for a while there you were doing uh 366 days yeah. of captain yeah. midnight and you know we're still doing it i'm planning uh i might yeah i'm the captain i set the rules i'm probably just gonna jump ahead a bunch of days and start from there here that's my goal so oh, I've, uh, yeah. you know, in the last couple of weeks i've put out like uh 30 promos worth of content the, that counts as for like a month right there so we're, we're doing good yeah you just got to give it the goldberg treatment and uh now, yeah now you're now yeah. you're 136 and oh there you go yeah <laughs> there's an inside joke for any of the wrestlers listening <laughs> And for the non-wrestlers, um, maybe go look it up. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, and I hope for your f- people who listen to this that don't watch wrestling, well, first off, shame on you. And secondly, <laughs> I hope this is compelling to you to listen to. I mean, uh, I've, I've got lots of other interests, too. You know, uh, Peter, I don't know if you're playing enough or focusing enough on the smooth light riot rock of the late 70s and early 80s on this program. Uh, well, I'm sorry. I, I listen to your program and I don't hear a lot of that. So. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll uh, try and find some musicians that are willing to dabble in that area of music. Well, apparently people don't want to make money around here. So, uh, well, I mean, if that's where the big bucks are at, then uh, everybody take notice. You know, believe it or not, uh, I mean, you probably believe it because you're you're you know this just as well as anybody. But the wrestling fans have been some of the the best fans as far as listening to these shows that I've been putting out. I've only done shows with. Uh, I think you'll be like the fourth person in the wrestling community, maybe fifth. Oh well, thank you. So, what so an honor. yeah, I have not talked to too many people in the wrestling community. I mean, even in my first hundred shows, but. You guys are always some of the hottest listens that I get with some of the most interactions. So I'm I'm looking good. forward to this one being a good one. The funnest part is having some of the people that don't watch wrestling listen and they're like, "Oh, this is so cool." But they're always yep. like like you said, they're like, "I grew up watching Bulldog Bob Brown and and I'm like, "Well, you know, that's the same. That's the same thing." Wait. Well, oh god. Well, Bulldog Bob Brown, honestly, he was one of the worst of all time. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Just terrible. Uh, wouldn't have ma- wouldn't have made it in the yacht club. Oh, certainly not. No. Okay. So he's, first off, he's too ugly. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. The other thing is, so like for the people listening that maybe haven't gone to an independent style wrestling show, you got a lot of choices generally throughout the calendar year in Iowa, including county fairs and things of that nature. Uh, I encourage anyone. We've got a lot of people that they don't watch wrestling on TV necessarily, but they come to the the IPW shows, 3XW shows, Rugged Pro shows, they come to every single one of them because it's just it's a very unique form of live entertainment. It's a very good value for the money, um, and you uh, get to experience something new. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I remember that being one of the funnest parts about going to the KC Metro Pro shows. There were so many people down there that were so involved in what was going on on an independent wrestling show that literally did not watch wrestling on TV at all. Yep, yep. And I mean, you know just as well as I do, those fans down at KC that used to go to the KC Metro Pro shows were insane. Oh, they are, and it continues on with Journey Pro down there, and uh, that's one thing that's unique is the captain uh, is very much the same captain down there. But the, I've, uh, we, d- we run at a more of a bar setting, ah. and they ha- they have me be the MC ring announcer as the captain. Oh. And I'm very, very much a fan favorite down there, despite being basically the exact same uh, persona wherever else I go. I just kind of lean into it a little more down there. You know, the people of Kansas City, they're a good wrestling crowd. I like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, here in my home area, Des Moines, yeah, we've got a lot of dumb dweebs around here. They just, they just need to smarten up. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, Kansas City, you're a great town. Des Moines, Chicago, all those places, they, they don't know what they're what they're dealing with with the captain. They're just not, they just don't have the, they just don't compare. Yeah, man. Kansas City definitely, um, I mean, the term would have been, what is it, Road Warrior, the Road Warrior crowd. I mean, that was, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard that term, but usually if you had like a crowd that was a road warrior crowd, they would cheer, um, not always for the, the, the baby face, the good guy, yeah. you know, yep. which, which it totally fits Kansas city, uh, to a T as far as every time I ever went down there. Um, I mean, they, they like good wrestling down there in the Kansas city. Yeah. Not that they don't anywhere else, but, uh, that, that honestly meeting you, back in the day as Midnight Guthrie and kind of tapping into what you already knew opened my eyes to so much wrestling across not just Iowa, but in Minnesota, in Omaha, in Kansas City, St. Louis, Chicago, you name it. I mean, you were, you have, you've always had your finger on the pulse as far as independent wrestling goes. Um, Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I've always tried to have, uh, a tremendous amount of knowledge uh, about wrestling and I pride myself on that for sure. So absolutely, man. I, uh, I gotta say we're getting close to an hour here, so I wouldn't mind plugging your, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Every one of them is at midnight Guthrie, correct? Yes. Yep. Everything's at midnight Guthrie. So for mm-hmm. sure. That's, that's smart, man. I mean, uh, you yeah. know, go figure. That's the best way to do it. Just stack them all with the same thing. Yep. All right, so uh, we've got a, we got about an hour in here. I think we covered a decent amount of uh, sure. of young midnight all the way up to what we now have as Captain Midnight. Yeah, absolutely. If anyone has any more questions for me or just wants to flirt with me, any of that, I off you know you're you're welcome to try. Uh, just hit me up on social media. Uh, I answer all sorts of questions. Send me messages, whatever you need to do. So heck yeah, um, and I mean. If you want to go back and listen, I mean, you listed off so much social media in the beginning. You got Snapchats and Venmos and PayPal's and and everything yeah. seems to be at Midnight Guthrie. So so hook yeah. it up with the follows and the likes and the subscribes and Absolutely. posts and, yeah. and shares. You you've you've always been one of my favorite people uh, to be around in the wrestling community. Uh, whether or not you're in the ring yelling at me and and the people outside, or whether or not uh, we're talking before or after a show, or uh, I mean I. It used, to, it used to be just be the most fun to interact with some of you guys before, during, and after a show. And uh, I've got you and a whole bunch of people to thank for uh, entertaining me through the vast majority of my twenties. I, I mean, I, 
it's just so much but fun. I, I appreciate that. You know, you're mostly tolerable, so I always appreciate getting to talk to you. <laughs> well, thanks for sitting down and talking with me for a while today, uh, Captain. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, I, I wish you all the best of luck uh, in in the months to come. Hopefully, we can get you back out on the road again here soon. And yeah, hopefully soon. Yeah, I've, um, you know, uh, unfortunately, like, uh, there's always a big Hall of Fame event in Waterloo. They've already postponed that and canceled mm-hmm. it for the year. Uh, but, um, we're still waiting to hear, uh, you know, I don't think any county fairs officially decided they're not going to run a fair. I don't, I mean, obviously the state fair might still happen. Uh, and I know I have some wrestling involved with some different county fairs. So maybe you'll see me out there again sometime in July somewhere. But, uh, but in the meantime, you can, you can't miss my pretty face. I'm available online 24 seven. I'm, uh, all over independent wrestling.tv. If you want to check that service out. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm very easy to find. So awesome. Well, Hey, captain midnight, much thanks for, uh, taking some time out of your evening to sit down and talk with me. I really do appreciate well, thank it. Thank you, Peter. Good, good job with the podcast. I do listen to it pretty regularly. So you're doing a nice job with this. So we just gotta, just gotta work on the music content. Get, get something more to the captain's speed out here. All right, all right. All right. I'll work on that. Hey, thanks captain. You're welcome. Oh, baby. That was a great one. Just on the simple fact that, like I said, you get to see Midnight Guthrie uh, talking a little bit about how Midnight Guthrie became Midnight Guthrie. But not only that, you get like flashes of what it would be like if you were trying to interact with him uh, at a show and things like that. So, you know, Captain Midnight might not be as friendly as the Midnight Guthrie of yesteryear, but you never know. So go to a show, check it out, uh, say hi to him and see what happens. Uh, it's like I said. I've known Midnight Guthrie for a long time. He's always been one of my favorite people uh, inside and outside the ring. He's always been um, very courteous to me. But like I said, I've, I've known him for 10 years plus. And uh, it, was, it was crazy to see him at a show and see that, you know, he was relatively not a fan favorite, uh, to say the least. And then after, you know, after a handful of matches, they take a little intermission in the middle and people s- would go up to him and interact with him. And it's crazy because it just, uh, y- you can't turn off Captain Midnight. And that's what it comes down to. So, that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons I love this episode because you, you get glimpses in there about um, how he got started and, and what he likes and, uh, you know, at a young age watching professional wrestling shows and things like that. But then, like I said, he just he just does not shut off the captain, which is a cool thing. If you need more of Captain Midnight, scroll down to the description section below. Check out the YouTube channel. It is packed full of stuff. Captain Midnight's YouTube channel is uh, dangerously close to that 1,000 subscribers. So check it out. Give them a subscribe if you like the content. There's uh, constant updates on content over at his page, as well as most of the social media. So check out the social media. He's got Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We discussed plenty more in the episode. So if you want to check it out, I got all the links down below to check out everything. You can uh, get your daily dose of Midnight Guthrie anywhere uh, you have uh, any sort of internet connection, I guess. So, yeah, check that out. Uh, huge thanks to Captain Midnight Guthrie for taking some time out of his day to talk with me. And and like I said, that's so much fun to sit down and talk with some of these guys that I've been 
I've known some of these professional wrestlers for 10 years uh, on some sort of a semi-personal level, and it's so crazy that I've I haven't really sat down and like talked with them one-on-one about you know how they got started and things like that. And I was kind of it always kind of intrigues me to learn more about the backgrounds of people. So it's really fun to sit down and get to talk to some of these people and and how they come in at an interview. It's it's really awesome. So. Uh, Hats off to you, Captain Midnight, and hats off to everybody that listened. Thank you guys very much. If you want to check out anything else, Audible Farm, I got a website. It's www.audiblefarm.com. You can find anything Audible Farm you want there. Links to all the social media, links to our YouTube channel. Uh, There's videos of bands up there as well as all sorts of good stuff. So check out the YouTube channel. We've also got t-shirts and sweatshirts available for sale. You can find more information on that at our website as well, www.audiblefarm.com. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. Give us a like, subscribe, share, the whole nine yards. Hey, I really appreciate everybody sitting down and listening to this episode. I want to say thanks once again to Captain Midnight uh, doing crazy cool things lately in pro wrestling. So if everybody likes independent pro wrestling, go check it out. If you've never been to a show, I highly suggest going. As he's as he pointed out in this episode, there was a really good point he made. There are people that go to independent shows that don't watch wrestling on TV. And uh, that shows you that it's it's just a very unique form of entertainment that can draw in even non-traditional wrestling fans so check it out even if you liked wrestling way back in the day you might like independent professional wrestling now it's a fun show and uh try and find midnight guthrie on a show somewhere and uh give him heck all right hey thanks for listening to this episode uh thanks to midnight guthrie and thanks to couchtown coffee for being our sponsor use that promo code everybody we'll check you next week peace